ride with me in my foul life. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, Chad Belding here, back at you with another episode of the Foul Life Podcast. Again, thank you so much for all the support. Uh, I can't believe all the downloads and how many people are listening to it, the comments we're getting in direct messages. Please subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends and family to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating, a five-star rating, and leave us a review. Go down, write down your thoughts. Tell us what you think. Be honest. If we suck, we suck. If we're good, we're good. Tell us, let us know. That'll give us better placing on these podcast listening platforms. And it'll help us build the brand and get this messaging out there for you guys to listen easier on your way to the duck blind, on your way to the gym, on your way to McDonald's, whatever y'all are choosing to do. While you're getting your content, I'm battling a little bit of a head cold right now. Sinus infection, something is going on. I've been traveling a lot from Maryland to Massachusetts to California to Nevada to Texas all over back and forth getting ready to go back to California then to Texas again then back to California then to Arkansas then to Louisiana so we're just we're rolling and we're trying to get things done for the foul life television we're testing out new calls for jargon game calls we're having a lot of success with the with the you know the small talk and the loud mouth and the icebreaker the three initial cars that we calls that we launched the brand with but we have some new designs coming um, a lot different than the ones we launched the brand with. Um, we've gotten a lot of requests for certain designs. So we're listening to the audience, listening to the potential in consumer, listening to our fans, and we're going to come out with some pretty slick stuff. So we're working on that right now. We're also working on some, some initiatives with California Waterfowl Association. I'm getting ready to go down to California, like I said before, to uh, talk with the board of directors on some things that are going to be happening nationally. So please be uh, waiting for updates on that. And then we're going to be working with UC California Davis, the University of California at Davis, um, with their new hunter program that's in association with the California Waterfowl Association. So we are going to be taking some new hunters out this weekend. We're looking forward to that. It's a female student and her fiance. She actually came on a hunt with us um, two years ago and got addicted, got her fiance into it. So now they're both coming up. They're fired up to get out to the specs and the puddle ducks. So we're going to be leaning on Rock Merlot and some other, other, other ones of our friends down there in the Butte Sink and around Chico and Durham. So we're excited about that. Hopefully we see some of you out in the field say hello whether it's at the boat ramp or at a restaurant. But that's some of the things we got going on. We got new apparel coming out for the Foul Life that we've been working on too. So pay attention to the foullife.com, the store there. We're excited for that as well. And we have new episodes right now on the Outdoor Channel. We're getting a lot of strong reviews. Our audience continues to grow. So again, we're thankful and humbled by that. And uh, we have, we'll be airing all the way through the end of December. And then we will pick right back up where we left off on January 1st and air all the way through the end of June. And then you can expect brand new episodes of Benelli's The Foul Life Season 12 to go to air early July, late June, late June, early July, 2020. It's an exciting season. We're filming that right now. Not going to let any secrets out of the bag, but it's been a good one so far. And um, we've had our ups and downs, but when I say a good one, I don't just rely on the kill to make my hunts good. It's all the overall experience of, of camp, the travel, the scouting, the dogs, everything we always talk about. I've jammed that down your throat many times. I'm sure you're tired of it, but 
the sooner we realize that duck camp, goose camp, turkey camp, deer camp is way more than just the pull of that trigger or the flick of that arrow, we, uh, we, we will enjoy th- so much more about it once we get that through our thick skulls. And it might take you a little bit longer to mature into that part of your hunting career, but once you do, you're going to find a lot more comfort and therapy in just getting invited to duck camp. So that's what we're trying to stress on the foul life along with that provider mentality, you know, living off the land. Like we talked about before, we're getting ready literally today to shoot some videos for Traeger for some wild game stuff and Thanksgiving stuff. I'm so excited to shoot these videos and this content. We will be releasing that at Traeger.com and on their app. So uh, I guess that's TraegerGrills.com. My apologies, but we will be having some content released on there to show our lifestyle, our culture of the American hunter and that provider mentality of going out and honing your skills to be able to successfully pursue and harvest a wild animal, get in their world, live a day in their life, figure out their escape routes, what they like to eat, where they like to loaf, where they sleep, what's their, what are their tendencies? What, what kind of routine are you catching them in? Is it a full moon? Is it a half moon? Are they nocturnal right now? There's a lot of things that go into being a successful hunter, a woodsman, a conservationist, a hunter gatherer and a provider. So once we do have that meat on the ground, do you know how to, how to butcher it do you know how to get all that meat off the bone get that hide off of there get the internal organs out of there do you eat the liver do you eat the heart do you know how to how to quarter an animal my nephew chance we'll be talking more about this on a new podcast we're getting ready to launch but he was just successful 16 years old on his rocky mountain elk hunt in nevada he killed about a 345 inch bull with a 300 wind short mag savage topped with a vortex scope uh, shooting that federal premium 180 degree bullet and i'm talking just the the thing didn't go five steps he lived a great life he was on his downward 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 turn and he's going to eat unbelievably the tenderloins the backstrap they quartered him out we're going to cook an entire hind quarter we're going to trigger an entire rack of wild elk ribs so be looking for that content coming up but get that provider mentality in your head and um, it just it all goes together guys this industry is so awesome this culture this lifestyle is so humbling and so we're so blessed to be able to be a part of it so keep that in mind when you're out there be safe right now it's we're getting into the thick of things right now approaching thanksgiving 2019 it's been warm in a lot of parts of the country it's been cold in some parts of the country but real warm in the western part and we've been battling that out here but we're getting through it hopefully we see some some storms coming midweek next week so um, we're excited we're keeping our fingers crossed Hopefully things change and that gets the ducks and the geese moving around a little bit. But remember, stay safe, introduce somebody new to our lifestyle, and uh, we'll go from there. So after all that, I just got a couple quick announcements for who this episode is brought to you by. Who Who brings you these episodes of the Foul Life Podcast? Today's episode is brought to you by our friends and family at Mojo Outdoors, Terry Demon, Mike Morning, Chuck Smart, the entire crew, Stevie Fry, everybody down there, what they do for our brands here and how they've innovated the waterfowl game, the predator game, the turkey game. There's been a lot of powerful hunts experienced over Mojo, spinning wing decoys and dry fields. You can't really hunt dry fields for mallard ducks, puddle ducks without a spinner. Mojo is the innovator. They're the original. Terry Denman is a master. He's a genius when it comes to tricking ducks. And, um, you know, people have their issues with them. I don't. I think if you get people involved in this game, this sport, this lifestyle, it's good for us. There's more ducks in the flyways now than ever. We're experiencing great 
turnouts with our breeding grounds. The counts are always high. Um, you see a lot of hens when you're out there. You see a lot of young ducks when you're out there. It doesn't, I'm not saying that it's not easier to kill ducks with a spinner. They don't get educated to them, but guys, we are shooting the finest shotguns, the finest ammo. We're, we're hunting over the most realistic floater decoys, jerk strings, you name it, boats to get out there, mud motors to get us in places we've never been able to get to without having to walk five miles in knee deep mud. Let's not try to just pick on something with with the power of a mojo it's i'm not saying they're for everybody i'm not trying to persuade everybody to go out and buy one right now at your nearest retailer i'm just saying that they work they're a good conservation tool in my opinion they attract ducks it doesn't mean that they're going to land on them every time or back flap right over the top of them but if they're a long ways away and they see that flash it gives you an opportunity to work them if that means turning off the mojo if it's towards the end of the season or putting different wings on there or hiding it in different places not necessarily right in the middle of your kill hole they work get 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 one and try it try to be master it and become a little bit um of a uh uh what do you call it? Just like a, an expert with one. You can truly trick ducks by putting them under tree limbs, changing out the different wings that Mojo offers, sometimes putting pantyhose over the wings on gray overcast days, putting a couple different ones at different elevations, one low to the water, one up above it, one floater on the water. Just just try different things and see if it works for you. Don't doubt it until you try it. Don't, don't talk you know, smack about them. I love them. Mojo Outdoors, thank you so much for the partnership. And today's episode is also brought to you by our friends in Utah at Liberty Safe. If you guys want to protect your weapons, your 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 dollars, your cash money, your handguns, your shotguns, your rifles, your optics, your family heirlooms, whatever it is, check out the entire line of safes at libertysafe.com. From their home safes, their security safes, their handgun safes, up to the presidential 50, um, they protect protect it fireproof you can bolt them down to your garage floor your shop floor they're not going anywhere they prove they've proven themselves through tons of testing on these safes that they're going to last through hurricanes and tornadoes and fires and obviously there's some things that could happen that could change that but for the most part liberty safe is going to keep your valuables protected they're going to keep your firearms secure and away from children if you have a party lock those guns up make sure those kids are educated on the firearms make sure that the combination is not known by everybody in the house be safe about it guys be secure libertysafe.com thank you to kyle and the entire crew in salt lake and utah for what they do for our brands here i can't wait to hang out with you guys at shot show we got some other experiments coming up with you guys in the field on some testing of safes on video and we also got a big concert we're all going to attend together coming up in march 2020 so i'm looking forward to all that libertysafe.com you guys go support please go support the partners and sponsors that support the podcast today i just wanted to talk a little bit about the world goose calling champ Championships East in Maryland that happened a, a few days ago and what I witnessed is the MC. Again, I was humbled and honored to be the MC. So thankful to be asked to do it. I've been asked to come back. So um, I'm excited. I talked a little bit about Teddy Hoover. I talked about the festival, the Chesapeake Waterfowl Festival on the last podcast. We talked about the turnout of the World Live Duck and the 24 teams that were in that, who ended up winning that contest. And then the callers that were in the World Live Duck single man, and how Mr. Corey Nickham pulled down that title after many, many years of trying. He finally got it. And in our own Bobby Heim blowing that jargon small talk was first runner up, which means second place in the 2019 World Live Duck Calling Championship. So I'm excited about all that. But the goose calling is what Easton was known about. The World Goose Calling Championships. Next year's the 75th anniversary of the Chesapeake Waterfowl Festival. There'll be the World Goose Calling Championships again. The World Live Duck Calling Championships again. And... 
the champion of champions, World Goose Calling Champion, to where if you've won a world title, you get to compete in this contest. We talked about Kelly Powers a little bit about how he won the World Goose in 1999. It was 20 years ago um, this year, and then he turned around in 2000 and won the champion of champions. So that, that a lot of those champion uh, world champion goose callers are going to have the opportunity to enter the champion of champions next year in 2020 during the 75th anniversary festival. So we'll be there for that. We're excited. And this year was just awesome. It was weird to me that there wasn't more callers and that we, we touched on that in one of the prior podcasts that we want to make a valiant effort to try to get goose calling back to where it was in 2004, 2005, and even a little earlier and later than that. But it sure as heck, it doesn't have the power that it once did, even though the callers are still just as badass and powerful and laying down unbelievable, sick, goosey routines. I just want to see it get back to where there's 35, 40 callers in that world goose calling championship. And maybe it can't happen with the internet and the way people are getting their content and how easy it is to access a routine and see somebody, you know, blowing a routine. You don't really have to go to the contest. But like I talked about before, there's nothing like that competitiveness, that competitive nature, that burning desire to get in there and draw a pill and get under that spotlight and hear the MC say, caller, is this for warm-up? Judges, this is for warm-up. And then judges, score, boom, lay down that 90-second routine of power, hell calls, and then getting, you know, get you get going in your feeding and your murmur and all of your greeters, and then you start bringing it down a little bit, and then all of a sudden you lose them, and you got to hit them with the comeback call, and then you get on top, and you're just hammering it, hammering, hammering, and then you bring it down again as you start to entice them back into your decoy spread, and then you do some lay-down work and some, some feeding gurgles and all of the different wheezes and snorts that geese make and these callers on these short read calls today and there was a couple guys that were still blowing a flute style call like the eastern shoreman built by my good buddy sean man but um the routines were awesome i just want to see more callers in it and as we went through the first round, it got it, it got narrowed down to about nine callers and then those nine callers came back for the second round and then the judges had the, the the tough task of getting it down to five and there was a lot of close calls in it there was there was a lot of uh, like uh, equalness. There was just a lot of guys that were making awesome spit notes and, and great sounds on the call and, and very realistic and goosey and powerful in there. And, and it's hard to explain a routine over a microphone, but you're supposed to envision a flock of geese far away and you, you get their attention and you bring them in close and you get excited. They get excited in the air. They start to work your spread. They see something they don't like you might make the wrong note or something. They start to leave and you hammer on them. Then you get their attention again. You bring them back in towards the decoy spread. Then you start to lay them down again and they start to get real comfortable. And then, you, you know, that the, the final picture is kind of just a bunch of content geese. It might be right before you say, get them. You might let them all land in your decoys because you're taking pictures, whatever the case might be. But that's kind of a, a, a competition goose, you know, and I'm talking about the world goose. There's also the live goose, which is totally different. But you're calling at geese and painting that picture uh, in the judge's head of what you're doing with that flock of geese as they work your decoy spread. And these guys are tremendous at it. And as it came down to the finals to see the power of the five finalists, it was it was pretty freaking awesome. I mean, guys like Mike Benjamin and Teddy Hoover and and Trevor Shanahan, Kyle Jones, these guys have been in the finals before. Kyle Jones actually won the Worlds last year. Trevor's won it before. Trevor Shanahan is on a different level of power. His, his execution and focus with his power game is unbelievable. He took third in the world this year, and um, I, was, I, was, I was a little surprised at that, but the judges are obviously more qualified than my ears are, and... 
I just, I just sat there in awe of how his lung capacity and his power and his, his hand positioning, his back pressure, his transitions from, from one note to the next and how he mixed his moans in and his clucks and his double clucks and his spits and his quick spits and his train spits, uh, you name it. He's doing train moans and quick trains and all of these different notes that you're just like, man, that is just... It's just amazing. So uh, if you want to check it out, there's a feed on their Facebook page at the, the World uh, World Calling Championships and the World, uh, I believe it's called the Waterfowl Festival. And it's uh, it might be under Chesapeake. It's a green logo with a white W in it. But you can go on there and watch the finals and listen to these routines. See if you can pick the winner. And it, it, was, it was just a truly special night um, that we had Kelly Powers and his son in the audience. His wife was there. His daughter was there. And we brought Kelly up on stage and talked to him about his calling career and what it meant to win the Worlds in 99, the champion and champions in 2000, um, and the year after he won the Worlds. And he, I actually asked Kelly, I said, Kelly, would you do me a favor and stay up here and hand the trophy to the winner? And at that time, we had no idea who the winner was. The judges were still making their final final discussions. They were turning in their points, and the, and the scorekeepers were tallying up everything and getting me all of the paperwork with the top five, you know, and I was going to announce them from 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, announce the prizes like Albright Gun Shop, who provided the plaques to all of the callers, and then the amount of money each caller was going to get, and then obviously the champion won a prize package valued at some somewhere around $10,000 with decoys and blinds and clothing and cash money and rings and you name it. Uh, uh, they all got, all the champions got decoys from Charles Jobs himself. And, um, he's right there at Harvard de Grace, right there in the decoy capital of the world where the decoy carving museum is. And he always provides the decoys to the live duck and the world goose. So it was cool to see the trophies being handed out, but to have Kelly there and they announced the winner and it ended up being Kyle Jones. He's blown a power calls, which is owned by Kelly and the guys at Higdon outdoors. And he is coached by Kelly. The guy, the kid that won the world junior goose the second year in a row is also coached by Kelly powers. So you talk about a sweep. Um, the, I, I think that Kyle Jones is from Michigan. He now lives in Kentucky tech. Uh, Kelly's from Tennessee, goes to Kentucky a bunch to hunt and to work at Higdon and Power Calls. And then I think the kid that won the World Junior Goose was from Kentucky too. So um, seeing Kyle, the look on his face and having Kelly Powers, who's his mentor, one of his mentors, along with Tim Grounds and some other callers. We talked about that after his win, but it was just, it almost brought tears to your eyes. The, the hard work that these guys put into it, the anticipation, the nerves, how they got to get up there and be on their A game, all of the different practice routines that they blew at the shop in Kentucky or Tennessee and having Kelly break them down and watching the clock and listening for different transitions or li- thinking about different notes that they could, uh, you know, put into their routine that might make it transition better or sound more goosey, have more power. Kelly, he's just sharp. He's a sharp cat. He's proven that in his calling career, his business career, his hunting career, his filming career. And to have a mentor and a coach like that, I think is pretty blessed. So congratulations, Kyle Jones, back-to-back 2018-2019 World Goose Calling Champion. And that's just saying a lot, man. To to go into that, that limelight or that spotlight and back it up to defend your title. It hasn't been done many times. It's been done before, but he did it in 2018, 2019. And here's the kicker. In the finals, he draws the bullet, meaning that when they're back in the bullpen, those final five callers, the five finalists, they all pick a pill. 
It has a number on it. That means that's what order you're going to call. And he picks number one. That means that he's going to go out. He's got to be number one. The judges are going to hear him first. That means that the other callers, in my opinion, have an advantage because they're going to be able to leave a lasting impression in those judges' head. The later it goes, like number four and five, those judges are like, oh, that was good, you know, and they might mark him higher than what they, they might have to set a standard with caller number one potentially. But he wins the 2019 World Goose Calling Championships while you know, drawing that bullet in round three, which was the final round, which is amazing to me. So kudos to Kyle Jones, kudos to Kelly Powers, his entire family. I, the kid that won the world junior goose has slipped in my mind. I, I feel ignorant knowing that, that I did not MC the juniors, but I know he was blown to powers calls and I know he was coached by P- Kelly Powers. And when you talk about a sweep, they did it. And Kyle is just a humble man. His his fiance Lexi's there. She travels with him quite a bit. He calls her his right right hand woman, and she's like his blessing and his good luck charm. And when she's there, he wins. And she was sitting in the second row over to my right the entire contest, filming him. And 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 you know she's nervous. It's almost like I can't compare it to a UFC fight, but you get nervous when you have a loved one up there competing, and you want him to do good. You want him to show out. You want him to have have good results. So it was neat to see that. It was awesome to be a part of it and to see the energy on stage the camaraderie and all of the respect that the callers had for each other and the hugs and the photos and and the jacket that was given the camouflage jacket that goes to the world goose calling champion was given to kyle jones and he put that on and started getting pictures with his goose trophy like i said from charles jobes and and all the callers bum rushed the stage the duck callers the fans his family and they're hugging him and they're congratulating him and it's just a cool deal it's a cool vibe it's goose calling it's americana it's eastern it's the eastern it's the chesapeake bay the eastern shore where goose hunting has been so famous and so popular for so many years even though the limits are low right now they have fought for so many years to keep goose hunting alive canada goose hunting alive in that area and it's the home of so much waterfowling heritage so if you ever get a chance to make that trip back there to check out harvard de grace or the eastern shore or the town of east in the chesapeake bay the waterfowl museums the decoy museums you name it you can find it there you can visit the decoy carver shops and see them carve a decoy right you know right in front of you i've done it i've had charles sign me decoys that are in my house and, and they mean the world to me so it was a great trip overall a great experience after the world goose calling championship on saturday night we all attended the sportsman's party awesome crab cakes and food and 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 drinks and live music and just fun and and storytelling i got to hang out with jim ronquest a bunch there kelly powers kyle jones and i got to hang out with all of my friends from jargon calls chris was with me um, bobby heim and his girlfriend as well as all my friends from yukonuba so hanging out with all the girls from yukonuba and seeing them get their feet wet in the call competition was really cool they had a blast at the at the festival outside the yukonuba booth was slammed busy right next to the molly's outfitter sporting goods tent um the uh, the entire crew over there like we talked on last time chicky and his brother and their entire staff was awesome at molly's bandit had a part to play in that and and going into that booth and seeing the energy and talking to the fans and the customers was awesome it was humbling again and it's just cool to be able to travel from the western united states to the east coast and and have something in common with somebody goose hunting duck hunting duck camp goose camp calling dogs gear food 
whatever it is, there's just always conversation because there's that common bond, that common denominator of hunting. And that's what we built Bandit on. That's what we built the Fat Life on was hunting is the common denominator that brings all these different walks of life together. And I'm talking guys in this calling contest, there was EMTs, there was firefighters, there was teachers, there was business owners, there was nine to fivers, there were farmers, there were professional outfitters, guides, every walk of life. We hunt, we fish, we gather, we provide, we competition call, we high five, we smile, we build fires, we have dogs, we have four wheel drives and ATVs and UTVs and boats and mud motors and long shaft motors like the, like, like the ones that you've seen on so many boats for the last 20 years. We're just duck hunters. We're goose hunters. We're American hunters. It's a privilege. And it's humbling to be in an event like that and see so much hard work and elbow grease and passion put into it by Teddy Hoover and his crew and the board of directors and the committee. I loved being a part of it. I want to get it bigger and better. I'm committed to it. If Teddy wants to do it, we're having some talks on that right now. But just seeing all the the people, you know, dancing and partying and having fun at the sportsman's party. And you had you had people from all different political backgrounds there and all different walks of life, like I said. But again, we're hunters. We have hearts, the compassion, the heart of a hunter that we call it. We're providers. We have so much compassion and respect for the animals that we pursue, the resource, the animals, mother nature, the habitat. We put a lot of money and elbow grease and sweat equity into these habitats, into these flourishing populations of wild ducks wild geese wild elk deer turkeys you name it they're thriving because of hunters not because of the antis because of hunters we are the ultimate conservationists so keep that in mind let's keep doing what we're doing let's get the ego out of it let's smile shake hands hug i know that there's bridges to cross and some get burnt but we can build them again with some hard work and just smile and being nice being sweet and uh, doing what you say you're going to do and that's what we're doing we're doing every day here we want to deliver something to you that's powerful motivating inspiring influential and hopefully we're doing that the messages that we are getting are telling us that that you love listening to it because it gets you fired up and i'm not a know-it-all i'm not the end all i'm just a uh a, a baseball player that lo- fell in love with duck hunting at 27 years of age and never looked back and i still love it it gets me going every single day like jim ronquest told me again at the worlds if that don't light your fire your wood's wet and that's and that's exactly true man i get fired up every day so i'm not a know-it-all on it i'm average at best of being a duck hunter of being a, a being a, a goose hunter but i'm way above average when it comes to being a lover of it and a uh a a proponent of it that wants to see it flourish and to see those ducks and geese and this time of year just makes me happy when you see all of the birds in the air and the leaves falling off the trees and the cold temperatures coming and the holidays coming and the eggnog coming and the mistletoe coming and the wreaths on the door and the Christmas lights and the turkeys in the Traeger and all of the family gathering and, and the, and the, and just the memories and the stories, it means a ton. So do not take that stuff for granted. Love your family, love your friends, tell a soldier, tell a veteran, thank you for your service, tell a police officer, tell a firefighter, tell an EMT, tell a public servant, thank you for what you do every day of putting your life in harm's way to protect our freedoms and our communities tell a teacher thank you for what they do for our kids for our students there's so many people out there that are not looked upon as being heroes that have everyday jobs that we take for granted we seem to take it for granted i even take it for granted some but i try to do my part in giving back find a charity that you want to represent that you want to give back to be a philanthropist get get on that early in life you don't have to be a multi-millionaire to be a philanthropist get with ronald mcdonald house saint jude's freedom hunter special 
special ops excursions, wounded warriors. There's so many military and kids charities out there that we can become a part of and help out with just a little bit, again, of sweat equity, financial support, putting on event, becoming a volunteer, get in with the California Waterfowl Association, Ducks Unlimited, Delta, Mule Deer Foundation, SCI, SCI Dallas. There's so many different conservation organizations that need our help. Just being a member is awesome. It's not enough. Get involved on some level of the banquet of giving back, of donating to them. Um, it all comes together, guys. So here I go again, just talking about my l- absolute love of this lifestyle and this and my passion for it. I cannot wait to get back in the blind. I'm so excited to hunt speckle belly geese this week, mallard ducks, sprig, widgeon over big flooded rice squares, or in, in, in that we're going to be in some awesome ponds that Rocky's built with some trees. We're going to be at some Herod, some big time famous duck club, Harold Herod, Herod, Herod duck clubs down in the Butte sink and we're just we're excited as heck about that so i'm excited i'm mixing my words up that's what the duck season goose season does to me i literally have goosebumps on my arms right now hopefully you don't have any pun intended on that but i really do because i'm excited about the success of this podcast our sister podcast this life ain't for everybody we just launched some new episodes over there with uh u.s Air Force fighter pilot, mr brian moore he's also a u.s navy fighter pilot the next podcast is his wife fighter pilot, female, U.S. Air Force, Rachel Moore, who flew F-16s. We have Brandon Schreiber from Cree Lake Lodge and Buck Paradise Outfitters up in Saskatchewan over there talking about the business of the outdoors, outfitting and guiding and hunting and fishing and what it means to make his living in the outdoors. Um, We also have another episode coming up with Brian Moore, that fighter pilot from the Navy and the Air Force. We have a four-part coming with him because his story, his missions, uh, all of his different deployments and tours of duty are amazing. And now he's flying commercial and I'm learning about air travel and the safety of it and and all of the thoughts that we have as travelers going through our head and how we can combat those and relax and take a deep breath once we buckle that seatbelt on that airplane. So we got all those coming up. We have George Brett over there, Chad Ward. We have awesome new episodes of This Life Ain't this life ain't for everybody coming with miss Haley Witters from Iowa now living in Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee, singer, songwriter, She's on the road right now with Brent Cobb and Marin Morris. She's amazing. And then the man himself, Brent Cobb. He will be rele- we will be releasing his episode. He sits down with myself in the studio with his guitar, talks about lyrics, his lyrical ability, his songwriting, his co-writing, the hits that he's written on stage with Chris Stapleton, Marty Stewart, all of the, he just wrote with, with Luke Bryan. He just wrote with Cole Swindell. He's, uh, he writes with all of them. He is looked at as the best songwriter in Nashville. He sits down and talks about life and loneliness and how we may be looking at some of these things wrong. It's not, it's not a bad thing to be sad, y'all. It ain't a bad thing to be lonely once in a while. Think about that. Listen to those podcasts coming up over at our sister podcast, This Life Ain't For Everybody. Thank you so much for the support of those podcasts. And please support all the partners and sponsors that support our TV shows, our podcast, our social media, our live events. Got some big things coming with the Provider Series. Again, go check out the new episodes of The Foul Life airing right now on the Outdoor Channel and The Foul Life. You can find all of our new merch there, hats, beanies, shirts, hoodies, decals, gun barrel stickers. We got it all. We got a lot of new stuff coming there as well as at jargongamecalls.com. We're excited, guys. It's 2019, 2020 waterfowl season. Hope y'all are enjoying it. Stay after it. Be safe. 
stay off of them donuts and maybe get a lettuce wrap. Just kidding. I know how duck hunters are. Maybe stay off of that Red Man or that Copenhagen and get some of that tobacco stuff. I'm just kidding. I know that that's hard too for a lot of you guys. Just be safe out there, guys. Take care of your bodies. Make a better version of yourself every day. We're going to have some new podcasts, new hosts, new titles, new themes launching soon right here at our family of This Life Ain't For Everybody podcast. I'm Chad Belding, your host of This Life Ain't For Everybody and this one you're listening to right now, The Foul Life. Thank you for supporting all of our partners and sponsors. Tom Rashishin, do me a huge favor. Hit that button and play that song, My Foul Life, by the badass rock band 2AM Logic. Thank you all very much. Yeah.